okay, um, this is different. This is very different. I usually don't record myself, much less speak to a large crowd, um, which is why I'm recording myself. Um, I'm sorry. I I had a very rough couple of weeks. Um, my anxiety around this got um, very, very intense. And um, I want to contribute as best as I can. Um, I just... I, I'm sorry guys, I can't I can't do a big group right now. Like I really can't. So I'm hoping to just record what I would say or what I would have said. And um, hopefully that'll still get the message across without um, making this harder than I think it really needs to be. Um, but I'm really excited that we are having this discussion about mental health and, and faith. Um, I've been asking these questions for a long time, uh, kind of because I had to. <laughs> but, um, you know, I remember being in a uh, singles conference and going to Sajin Sharma's class. And it was it was on faith and mental health. I don't know what part of it, but um, it was it was in that genre. And I just remember that room being packed. I remember like, you know, there were two aisles and, you know, here's like this aisle's full and this aisle's full. And then like in the center, like everyone's sitting as best they can and everyone's up along the walls and along this side and still trying to get in through the door. And Brandon hands me a recording device because he's like, yo, I need, I, I gotta go find someone, but I need you to, to just hold this. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back. So it was so full in there. I actually lost Brandon. <laughs> um, and I walked out and I was just like, when, when was the last time something like this happened? Like, I don't remember an NICMC or any other conference situation where I've seen a class with this much demand. And the only other class I think was comparable to um, the amount of people that were there was a class um, in the Chicago ICMC called Who's Sage and Who's Not. So uh, basically, in, in my mind, next to, am I going to be okay when I die? You know, people are asking, well, what do I do about mental health? How do I navigate this, especially as a disciple? Um, you know, and this also has a lot of personal relevance for me, too. Um, you know, um, today is a, is a really uh, special day, um, sad day. But, you know, it's the anniversary of my father's suicide today. Um, and that day completely shaped my life in a way that I could not even imagine. I was sitting in my, um, ninth grade algebra class and my name came up on the intercom, uh, in my school and I went to the office <laughs> and, um, I went to this, this room that I'd never seen before and my family was there and um, my grandma comes up behind me and like puts her hands on my shoulders so I don't just like hulk out or something. And my mom just looks right at me and she goes, you know, I'm sorry, honey, he's gone. Like he's passed away. And, um, and I just broke, you know, like, um, you know, I just remember like staring at her and then kind of looking away. And, um, and it was like something in me changed and something in me kind of shattered, but it wasn't like the kind of shattered where it's like, oh, here's all the pieces. We can just put it back together. It's like, you know, it's just something broke. And then like all the pieces just went away. And um, and something in me changed and also went away. And 
Um, you know, mental illness runs in my family. Um, and after my dad's suicide, I thought I was fine. Um, you know, I decided I would try to make choices and not be like him. And, you know, I, um, I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna eat well, I'm gonna exercise, I'm gonna do yoga, I'm gonna meditate, you know, I'm gonna be on point. And that's not what happened. Um, and, uh, it started out small, you know, and I made like little healthy changes and everyone thought that I was coping really well. But, you know, you know, take diet and exercise. I mean, I got really rigid about it and I got very regimented about it and then obsessive and then neurotic, like to the point to where, like, um, if I felt like I couldn't, um, uphold this lifestyle that I'd created for myself, then, um, you know, if, and, and if hanging around you meant that, you know, I wouldn't be able to eat the things I wanted to, or I wouldn't be able to exercise when I felt I needed to, I most likely wouldn't hang out with you, at least not as much, you know, because something in me was starting to say, you know what, like, you know, if I'm not on top of this, I'm going to end up like him. And, uh, and that kind of obsessiveness kind of turned into this, um, compulsiveness that was like, I, if I don't do this, um, something bad will happen. So it almost got to a point where I had to do it and not, not keeping up with my little healthy routine, you know, made me feel, um, incredibly anxious and kind of out of control. And, um, by the time I got to college, that turned into this full blown, um, thing that I, I couldn't have prepared myself for, um, you know, all my fears and all the things I wanted and, um, all my neuroses for lack of better words, it almost took on like a voice of its own. It was like a mind within my mind. And, you know, and it went from being like, you know, Hey, eat this healthy thing to just being psychotic. Like if it said, don't eat for two days, um, I didn't eat for two days. Um, if it said run through Baltimore city at night until you find God, I ran through Baltimore city. I didn't want to do the things that this voice was telling me, but I still, I, I felt like I had to, I didn't feel like I had a choice. And I felt like if I didn't do what it said, it meant that I didn't have great self-control. It meant that, you know, oh, you're not as strong as you thought, or, you know, oh, you're just going to buckle. You're going to be like your dad. So just, and I know all of that sounds absolutely crazy. And that's because it is, you know, it 100% is crazy. That's why it's called mental illness. Um, you know, so, and what I've just described is OCD. Um, you know, I didn't really have like a physical manifestation of it. Like I needed to clean everything or have things or in pairs or in, in threes, but it was all up here. And the only way that you could really tell I was going through something was if I said something weird or, um, or if you just looked at me and be like, something's kind of off, you know? And I wish I could say that all of that went away as soon as I got into the church, but that's just not true. <laughs> I think it actually kind of got, got crazier because, you know, when you couple a mindset like that, that's not okay and not, and it's right, a mind that's not in its right mind, um, you know, and you combine that with ideas around God, ideas around Satan, um, and this idea that, you know, yeah, God loves you, but, you know, Matthew 7 says that, you know, you, you, you could think you have it all together, but 
you might not. And, you know, and God's grace is real, but it might not be for you. So, you know, just this idea that there was this um, mega deity out there that was not only tallying up my behaviors, but could send me to hell and I could think I'm okay and I'm not like that. That was really hard for me. Um, and so, and so were ideas around, um, the devil too, um, which kind of brings me to my first point, which is, uh, you are not possessed by a demon. Um, one of the first questions I asked was, um, am I possessed by a demon? I felt possessed by a demon. And if you know someone who, um, is going through mental illness or has gone through mental illness, it's like watching, you know, a demon possession happen or something like that, like something out of the exorcist where you're just like, okay, you were one way and now you're like this and I can't explain it, but there's clearly this power over you and I don't get it. And, and, you know, when you're watching this, you're just like going, I don't know how to help you. And I'm really scared. And if you're the person that's suffering, you, you go, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I'm really scared. Um, but you know, like, if I gained superhuman strength and I ran at Lyanne screaming, I am Legion, and Lyanne put her hand on my forehead and said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And then, you know, suddenly I'm in my right mind and all the dogs and cats in Portland like drown themselves in Back Bay, <laughs> um, like, like the story of uh, Legion and Jesus, then... Yeah, 100%. I would be like, dude, I was so possessed by a demon right there. Thank you, life assistant, Lyanne. Um, but that's that's not really what I'm talking about when I say mental illness. Um, mental illness has a biological component. Um, we are talking about brain chemistry. And, you know, it's... I know there's this whole chicken or the egg debate about like, is it genetics? Is it just your behavior? If you just repent, if you just change, if you just work on that thing, like back, if you can just get over yourself and work on your fear, like maybe you could say all this in person, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, and I don't think it's really so much a chicken or the egg kind of conversation. I think it's like heads and tails of the same coin. Like that's the mind, you know? And, you know, I think that, you know, mental illness is not as um, mysterious. It's not as intangible as we make it out to be. I think trying to navigate, okay, well, what's God's role and, and what's Satan's role? And what about spiritual warfare? And, you know, and where do I fit into that? Where do my choices lie? Especially when I don't even feel in control of my choices. Um, well, I can say, you know, in the case of God, you know, uh, God is not like an iTunes account where, you know, you just look at the Bible and you just decide, hmm, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, buy the whole album, you know, and then boom, it's downloaded and you're good and you don't have to do anything. Um, in my experience, God is very relational. Um, he's very intimate. And even in the case of mental illness and trying to walk with God through mental illness, you know, I find that, um, he's, he's not just going to touch you and make all the, and make all the problems go away. Um, I think, um, Isaiah 41, nine through 11, um, you can turn there if, if you want to, but I think the scripture kind of describes more his speed. Um, he's uh, he's talking to Israel here 
And he said, you know, you who I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you off. So do not fear for I am with you. So do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And when I hear that, um, you know, this, you know, it doesn't say, you know, I will snap my fingers and you're going to be great just because you're my disciple and everything's going to be all right. You know, in the sense that you, you know, all the bad feelings are going to go away or all the bad thoughts are going to go away. Um, you know, this is a, uh, cooperative verse. This is a collaborative verse. You know, when I think about people who, um, strengthen me and help me and uphold me uh, in my life. You know, if I try to take a tangible example, um, I think about people who will provide resources to make things easier for me or to make things smoother for me or to give me encouragement um, when I feel stuck, um, to be a sounding board, um, any anything, anything like that. I think about this is someone who is supportive and this is somebody who is in tune with my needs. Um, I don't know if you've ever asked for help or advice from someone and they totally say the wrong thing, you know, and you're just like, oh, that was a terrible idea. Why did I do that? <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, if someone can strengthen you, uphold you um, and help you, um, this is someone who's very in tune with your needs, knows you well and knows what you need. And I usually find that, you know, even if God didn't take away, you know, my anxiety or you know, kind of the more psychotic elements um, that can exist in my mind. Um, you know, I I see his uh, provision in, you know, the recovery ministry in Austin. You know, I joined that as soon as I joined the church and the people that I met there. Um, I always pray for help, you know, deciding what book to read. Um, I feel like he puts people in my life that um, – have a certain wisdom or certain life skills that like I need, um, and, um, or even materially, like Matthew six says that God will provide for us. You know, I just, you know, he'll, I think he gives me what I need to succeed in a way, but like, um, but he doesn't do all the work for me. Um, you know, and, you know, and with Satan, you know, and trying to navigate that in spiritual warfare. I mean, I know we just did a, a talk um, on spiritual warfare not too long ago. And, you know, and I don't want to disregard any of that at all. You know, I definitely believe that there's evil out there. And I think that there are anti-creative forces out there. Um, and, and I think that those forces, you know, they do oppose us. They do oppose God. Um, I think um, I just want to expand the conversation a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, change what you think um, around Satan. In fact, I think if we pulled everyone around what they thought about Satan and spiritual warfare, I'm sure it would be very different. I I'm sure we'd hear a spectrum of, of different beliefs. But, you know, I find that um, in dealing with mental illness, um, I don't want to give Satan too much credit. Like, if I attribute what I'm going through to Satan um, alone. Um, yeah, I don't believe God wants us to be sick, you know, by any means. Um, I don't think God wants us to die, you know? Um, and I don't think God wants evil in the world, but it exists. And, um, I know that if I attribute, you know, all of my suffering, like it's, it's all Satan's fault, especially with this, like <laughs> then, 
um, that robs me of uh, personal power, I think, because I think that the way that we, we heal or learn how to manage mental illness, you know, is kind of in these moment by moment decisions. And even if we can't completely take it away, you know, we can still learn, we can still grow, we can still work, work with our characters. Um, and we can kind of lessen um, the uh, chances that we're going to increase our suffering because we already have something in our heads that's gonna, that already makes life kind of hard. But I think, you know, working through, you know, working through sin or working through bad habits or unhelpful thought systems, you know, that will help, um, in my experience, that, that helps lessen um, um, the chances of me having like a full-blown uh, episode of something. Um, and it helps me have a more functional life. And so, you know, I think that walking with God through mental illness, you know, can be a collaborative process. And not only can it be collaborative, I think that um, we don't have to make it um, like, okay, I have to be like half theologian so I can navigate the demon world and and God's way and part psychologist so that I know I can how to deal with my inmost feelings. It's like, I don't think you need degrees in both of those things. Um, I think just like um, how Sarah got a concussion, um, I know from talking to her, she had to research concussions. Uh, she had to talk to specialists. She had to change her life around. Um, it doesn't mean that she is a less effective human. I mean, I wouldn't know these days by looking at her that she dealt with that or deals with that. Um, but it just means that, you know, we have to take a holistic approach. You know, I'm sure Satan probably attacked her in that time. And I'm sure that God strengthened her in that time, you know, and in the midst of all of that, you know, her question is, how do I make this work? And, you know, and, and same with depression and anxiety, you know, it's again, I'm, I'm going to say it, it is a biological thing that that's happening to you. You know, it affects your behavior. And I think that's why things get confusing, but there, there is a biological component. So the question becomes, okay, how do I navigate, um, a condition, basically an illness, a condition. Um, and, um, Danielle wanted me to talk about, um, practicals and, I thought about it and I think that practicals are tricky because not, not, they don't all fit everyone else. You know, like art helps me. They might, you know, art might not help you. Um, talking to a therapist can be helpful provided that you jive with your therapist. Um, some people need medication. Um, you know, there's, there's so many different coping strategies. So I think the most universal thing that I can say about that is um, education is key. That's point number two. Um, you know, educate yourself about this. You know, I'm going to go back to the concussion example. You know, um, if you have a condition and it is impacting your life, it's kind of like living with a roommate you don't want to live with, <laughs> but you're forced to. You are you are locked into a lease. And the question is, you know, you're not moving out, they're not moving out, but you do have to make the household work. So, um, so get to know your roommate, <laughs> you know, it, is it depression? Is it anxiety? Is it schizophrenia? Is it bipolar? I mean, you, we have to know what we're dealing with here. You know, I would hate to see what would happen, uh, to Sarah had she not, um, 
researched post-concussive syndrome, you know, and just said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it, man. I'm just going to pray about it and God's going to take care of it and it's going to be fine. I'm going to be like, Sarah, are you sure? I'm grateful that's not what she did. Um, But, you know, it took a holistic approach. You know, I think that, you know, apart from keeping up with scripture and, um, you know, staying connected to the body and prayer um, and allowing God to sustain her, it meant seeing specialists. It meant talking to people. It meant um, probably reading books. Um, I know at one point she mentioned watching a movie called Concussion. You know, like it's um, it's kind it's kind of like a whole lifestyle change, and it's and you kind of need a holistic approach when you're dealing with mental illness, um, as you would with any condition. And the more you educate yourself, if you're the person that's suffering. Um, then, sorry, I'm getting lost in my notes a little bit. <laughs> um, if you're the person that is suffering, you know, the the more self-aware you are, um, and I think educating yourself is really a nice tool because it helps you understand not only what you're up against, but what your relationship to the thing is. You know, do you agree with all the symptoms? Do you experience all the symptoms? Do you have more of one symptom than another? Um, and starting to ask yourself these questions, how do I relate to this thing? Um, that will help you understand how you need to take care of yourself and what kind of strategies you need to come up with in order to still function and live optimally, um, despite this pesky roommate. And it will also help you, um, you know, explain what your needs are to other people. You know, um, unfortunately, the people are, are maybe fortunately, the people around us that are not suffering from this, from this is, um, they are not mind readers. Um, you know, and I think that anyone who is in this class, they want to help you (laughs) and, um, you know, and because there is no one size fits all approach, you know, they need your communication, you know, they need, they need your, your insight, your self insight. Um, and, you know, and I think that once we kind of understand our needs, we can communicate that to the people who love us. You know, and if you if you are on the outside, I know I'm kind of running out of time here, but um, if you're on the outside looking in on this, um, don't worry. <laughs> it is it's it's so overwhelming, and you know I want to reiterate that you are not a mind reader. You know, and you know I don't want you to carry that pressure that you know you're so responsible. But I think um, you know if I can give a few tips or pointers. Um, you know, listening is key. I think when we listen, um, we have this tendency in our culture to listen with the intention of fixing the problem, but because mental illness, I think kind of deals a little bit more with the emotions and, you know, and it kind of, and people kind of need to process what they're going through in order to, to learn themselves what they're going through. Um, you know, sometimes just sitting back and listening and listening non-judgmentally is very powerful. And I know you're just like going, really, that's all you got back. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) sorry. Um, but, um, uh, people need space to, you know, to feel safe, um, to be completely themselves, you know, and I know that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a church culture where people who are struggling with mental illness feel safe and we want to be effective in how to help. So um, if it's any consolation, um, I talked to a friend of mine um, who's my co-facilitator at the um, Center for Grieving Children, 
and um, he is so he's he's so good. Um, but he's a part of um, the training at the center where where I volunteer at, and they worked a lot with reflective listening because we're dealing with traumatized grieving people, <laughs> you know, um, at that place. And if you're going to be a facilitator, you have to listen to hard things and kind of be able to process that on the spot. Um, and so I asked him, I was like, Hey, you know, our church is kind of thinking more about mental illness <laughs> and, um, and kind of how to address it as a group. And I've really benefited from learning about reflective listening and how to listen. Um, would you be down for doing like a workshop here or something? And he was, he was totally game. So, um, sorry to spring that on you, Danielle, but, um, <laughs> but just, just so you know, there are options, there are tools to learn how to listen. Um, and it seriously is a whole nother sermon, <laughs> um, slash training to learn how to do that. Um, but if people are interested and they are interested in having that conversation, I would definitely like to work something out with Steve and the, um, the outreach person at the center, if that's something that we want to do. Um, Another thing that helps too is um, I listen to audiobooks. Like if um, someone's going through something I don't really understand, um, this is kind of in the education part, but not really. I mean, there is an educative component to it. But um, when I hear someone telling me their story, especially if it's a memoir, um, one, it, it helps me practice focusing and listening, but it also, um, like if it's jarring or if it's kind of intense or if it's something I don't really understand, um, by hearing someone tell me their story, um, I I can kind of practice in the privacy of my own home going like, you know, oh, that was intense or oh, I don't know what I would say in that situation or oh, God, like I'm not qualified to talk about that, <laughs> you know, um, because I think that we can get kind of intimidated by what we don't know and by what we don't understand. And we can feel even further away from this topic just because um um, just because we don't feel like we have the life experience or we can't relate. Um, so sometimes like I'll buy audiobooks and just kind of get used to hearing these stories and getting used to just sitting and processing, sitting and processing. And, um, and that also kind of helps strengthen, um, that muscle a little bit. Um, but I, I know we have a Q and A and I know that we, have a box of note cards that we were going to do. So, um, so I, I know this isn't satisfactory, but, um, I'm looking forward to hopefully having deeper conversations about this, preferably over coffee and not in front of like everyone. Um, but, um, yeah, I just look forward to seeing how all this progresses and, you know, guys, thank you so much for giving me time to do this and, um, again, I'm really grateful that we're talking about this. So, um, with that, I'm going to give Danielle the floor. Bye everyone.